Hello again. Yes, it's an intro from me. Can't seem to get an intro out of Danielle. What's going on with that? Oh, you know, just too much on the brain. I can't formulate it into a good. I'm not very articulate as our audience may. Well, they know that we both aren't. Today, covering Maiden Abyss, which is just another heater. Heater after heater recently. Oh, 10 out of 10. We have been on f -f fire recently. <laughs> Higher. So let's talk a little bit about that. Where do I even begin? What a great show. And and you know what? We we know, guys, we do say that a lot. This legitimately though and we do say that that every time legitimately though it's a great show <laughs> <laughs> which is fair this one though i i gotta say this one's actually on a, a list that if i had to say this is a little bit of an older one summer 2017 can't believe we waited this long we did want to watch it it's just finding where to watch it is seems to be the harder part which in this case is going to be amazon prime is where we know you can find it yeah and I don't think I knew anything about this show. There was a night um, this past week, Tom asked, hey, what do you want to watch? I said, I don't know. I'm open to anything. He said, well, there's a show called Made in Abyss. I said, made as in a like cap uh, <laughs> restaurant made? Or you mean like I was made in Abyss? He said, no, Made in Abyss. I said, well, let's fire it up. I actually didn't know if I liked it after the first episode. Yeah, I mean, the the art is a little bit abrasive. From, but that's the thing, though. It's the character that design that's a little bit abrasive. You know, they the main character, she is not your stereotypical, adorable. She's adorable. You'll learn to love her. Yeah. Not at first, though. I think it's the glasses. Rico. Yes. Our main character here. So, yeah, with this... It's one that, oh, but what I was getting to earlier is I got to say, this might be one of my favorites from 2017, which is actually not a hard thing to beat because after looking into what came out around the same time, you've got that Kakagurui, which was like that popular, that was a popular one, but I don't even know what the heck that one's about. I think it was like cards or something gamble i don't know poker yeah poker or i saw something. a lot of stuff about it never got into that one that one was slightly weird fate Apoc apocrypha was that year we never watched that we didn't watch much from it so that's maybe why that this is gunning for the top of 2017 but you did have season two of my hero academia dragon ball super was that year which were both i think they were crazy good. they were crazy big people yeah. were expecting a lot from both my hero and waited a long time for super absolutely so, so with that said hey gonna put it at the put it at a top spot for 2017 and honestly of the recent ones i like it a lot it's good at establishing a solid universe quickly which speaking of which to set that up what is this show based around well I don't know if it's just suddenly one day this hole appears or whatever, but there is a gigantic hole in the planet and uh, in the middle of the ocean, in the middle of the ocean. Yes. And uh, going deep into it, you're seeing all these different there's relics from an ancient civilization down there. Is that it? I can't really speak to that because the first episode feels so long ago after watching these short 13 episodes. <laughs> but. Yeah. That could be a possibility. However, mm -hmm. so what we learn from the show is the human civilization has found this chasm in the ground mm -hmm. in the middle of the ocean. 
and they end up building their civilization on the top ring. And there's these certain people that end up kind of diving down into these layers. Adventurers. Yes. I mean, they're basically the kind of like just treasure hunters kind of deals with that. They hear about these relics down there and they're into it. Yeah. And they get these relics and they end up selling them. And that's kind of how they get their livelihood. And I think that's how they learn different technology too. I could be speaking out my butt here. I don't, I'm not sure. I could see that because a lot of the stuff has certain powers to it. Yeah. And this is all just established stuff. This isn't like where the show picks up or anything. Show picks up around Rico, our main character. Yeah. And she is cave diving. And she is what we've learned to find is a red whistle, which Mm -hmm. is the uppermost layer of cave divers that there are. Yeah, there's kind of a ranking system all situated around the color of the the whistle around their neck. Yeah. And she, we find out, is living in an orphanage with these other younger children who are also cave diving. And that's how their job basically at this orphanage is you're going to live here. You're... Basically, the work you have to do is you're going to get relics for us. And that's how they accommodate the kids, basically. Not too deep. They're sending them only a little bit into it. Yeah. And they're also teaching them about stuff to learn, which at first Rico doesn't seem to be a very valuable character. She's kind of annoying and doesn't seem like she knows what she's doing. Bit of a klutz, but ends up coming in clutch later on as far as knowledge goes. Yeah. And... She ends up during one of her cave raids, finds out her friend who she dives with a lot is being or going to be attacked by this monster. That's a big boy. It's a big, like wormy, scary, dragony thing. Red. I'm not going to remember the name of it. but yeah, So many names of really beautiful, albeit creepy characters that we come across in the show. Creatures. Creatures. And she ends up distracting it leads it away however she ends up being trapped and then out of nowhere this laser beam comes and nips the monster in the head and it runs off scared yeah which we come to find out she's following the trail of where the laser beam came from and it's our boy we find out reg yeah little reg who is a robot boy yeah we come to find out he's got metal arms and they extend really 30 meters, yeah, I think, think they say. Or 40 and meters. he's got this cute little helmet. And we end up finding out because Rico, being the adventurer she is, puts him, him under some tests because we find out our boy, after he uses his laser, 10 minutes later, he takes a little nap nap for two hours. Two or, no, I think it might be three even. Oh, two or three. Two he's, or three, whatever. That's getting into specifics he's that sleepy no one cares boy. about. But he's out like a light. So during all this, She's like testing on the guy. And that was our first like weird moment with the show. But she's like talking to her friends about him right in front of him saying how, oh, you know, his skin is soft, but it's also like nothing can poke through it. His hair is flame resistant. So it's like I just imagined him passed out. She's lighting his hair on fire. It's not working. And then she kind of goes in a little bit too weird talking about, oh, well, I was checking out his belly button and then that is normal. And uh, his butthole. I put a stick in there. Poor, poor rag. Gonna say I'm all I'm no, I'm no prude. I'm totally fine with like a little bit of humor, but I don't it's know a, about breaking a stick off into a robot's butt. It's a little too much. I don't even want to know. I've heard that the manga goes a little bit 
more like into the weird sexual stuff. And it's just weird because there's they're 12. Well, and it just doesn't mix well with the character design. They're all like chibi and weird. Like, eh, I don't know. That's a gripe of the show. I don't really like their weird stuff. And then they. Yeah. Oh, he's a robot. Pull his pants. Well, his, his peepee doesn't look like it's a robot peepee. It's like, yeah, OK, guys. Let's, yeah. Did we really need to include that? Let's in move there? on. Should that scare you away from the show? Absolutely not. It's few and far between. Are they talking about that? And I think the show absolutely overshines that. And that's fine. So we'd still recommend it to beginners. It's just there's going to be a couple of little bit weird stuff going on. Yeah. And so that's when Reg becomes part of the group. And he gets, um, because obviously, because he came out of the abyss, he would be seen as a relic. So. The way that Rico and her friends get around it is to have him tell their leader of the orphanage, the guy who kind of oversees all the children, that he actually is like a lost boy and his sister died. So he ends up being living at the orphanage and starts doing cave diving with them and just starts learning more about humans and the society and and, it, and about the a, abyss. It's all good, too, because they were hiding him for all of like a quarter of an episode and that was already getting exhausting. So the first couple episodes, it might bore some people. It's a little bit of a slow burn to start. But again, we're establishing well, what this hole is, what these people are doing and why the heck would they even be going down there? And it's dangerous down there. And you end up finding out actually in those first couple episodes that Rico is actually the daughter of a white whistle, which is the top dog. Like those are the adventure kings and or queens. And I think they, they don't, I can't remember all the names, but let's say there's like only seven of them. Yeah. You have there's Ozen, not that who many. is like the, the big one that you actually see in the show. These white whistles will actually, I think they only get that when they find a relic that makes them super unique. And then they kind of, cause each of the white whistles looks different. So that's kind yes. of a very elite class or whatever. So naturally, Rico, she ends up finding about her mom. Of course, she wants to, one, get down there to meet her mother, and two, strive to be one of the best. So there you go. We've got our setup. What's she going to do? And that's kind of the point where if that interests you, go check it out now and then just come back later. That's going to kind of be the, the gist of most of these things. This is now the cutoff point. Now, listen if you've seen it. So Reg, the robot boy. A little bit of Astro Boy, a little bit of, you know, he's one of those classic robot boys. But he is basically, you can tell he is definitely from deep down in the abyss because he's made for it. His little extendo arms, all this stuff, you see him uniquely using it to get around. And His impervable great. body. Absolutely. So Rico and it's to the point where they, oh, now we find out that yeah. her mother is maybe dead. Yeah, or at so least that's what there's a group that comes back up from the abyss and one of them is bearing the whistle that her mom had. The whistle and a transcribed like notes and a message from her. Mm -hmm. So after the council basically reviews it, Rico is able to go in and read through it. And there's notes in there of monsters that maybe were undiscovered yet. And then we see a picture of a character that looks like Reg. Holy cow. And then a note that says, I'm waiting for you in the abyss or something to that sort. Yeah. So then, okay, she ain't dead. Maybe. 
because then you so many little things happen because then you find out that's not actually the mom's handwriting. And that is confirmed by one of her friends who's also a white whistle. Yada, yada. The adventure beginning by just circumstance and then saying like, you know what, we got to go see if it's true. Reg, let's handle this. You instantly know, I think by episode, I think episode three is when it really starts to kind of get going. And there the plan is we're running away and we're getting down there and they can only uh, get to a certain layer before a red whistle, which is what they are at this point would just be considered it's suicide. No one's going to chase you down to it. Was that layer two or three? I think it's after layer two. Okay. So time is pressing. They got to go on all that great stuff. And I think it is very unique. This whole, depending on what layer in the abyss you get to coming up becomes more and more difficult via the effects that happen. The curse. The curse of the abyss. Which starts as kind of a pretty innocent thing. Oh, she pukes, whatever, blah, blah, blah. The point that they get to, which we'll, you know, let's just talk about that later. But the point it gets to by layer four, yikes. Yeah, pretty scary stuff when that part ends up happening. You're kind of worried for a girl, Rico, because Reg isn't affected, we should say, at all. Yeah. By the curse. He can go up and down. It doesn't matter. He's the king. He's got a cool helmet. Got cool laser beams. And apparently a human peepee. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's a very enjoyable show in the way of I think they beautifully handle. Well, one, the soundtrack. Incredible. And from episode one, the environments. Incredible. Which about the environments. So the lead background artist who did two of our favorite movies, Your mm-hmm. Name and Spirited Away, also did the background art for this, Osamu Masuyama. There you go. Very well done. Got to tell you, if that's the track record, big fan of the work. Yeah. And as you said, the soundtrack and the backgrounds, beautiful. And they're not overly distracting. Exactly. The Well, and to almost be able to balance the character design with the environment, it's just... It is a visual spectacle that I do got to say very, I, I'm so happy we finally watched this. This was one that we, when we did finally watch it and yes, there's always been the man, what took us so long, but here it was like, why on earth could we have possibly let it go this long? But it's was perfect timing. Well, or no, no more about it. I'm surprised it's not, maybe it is. And I just have never noticed it before, but more whispers about it on the internet. You know, you see a lot of things for other shows and not a lot of talkings about about this show. Well, shows like this kind of get overshadowed by the My Hero Academia, the blah, 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 blah. But with this, I mean, the the big thing for me is that the timing did end up being actually perfect, because if we watched it any sooner, the wait for a continuation would have been even longer because as we said, being 2017, where's a season two, you know, will it, cause it does, it ends on a, a part where the story has still got to go. Well, we were duped. We saw when we were watching exactly. it, episodes one to 13, and then we saw there was two movies. So we said, great. Cause I was like, <laughs> I think at like episode eight, I said, how are they going to wrap this up? 
Yeah. By episode 13. And so I'm sitting there, oh, the movies, hon. It's the movies. Don't worry. That'll that'll continue it great. Yeah. The movies that are essentially recaps. Yeah. We come to find out. We get through our 13 episodes. We're like, we're dying for more. That night we're like, okay, let's keep it ripping. No, we find out movie one is actually just a movie compilation of episodes one through eight. So you're like, okay. And then I'm like, well, okay, movie two. Movie two will will get us a little bit more forward. No, that's just episode nine through 13. Do I respect it? Yes, because you know what? Instead of having to watch the show, you can pop in movie one and movie two. Maybe that's what we do whenever we want to do a rewatch. But now, going back for the third time about saying this, perfect timing in the way of January 17th of this year, three years after this show has come out. The third movie, which actually continues the adventure, came out in Japan. Now, it was supposed to be out um, for Western audiences already, but due to certain circumstances that seems to push every project back, it was pushed back. So now I think it's next week we have the opportunity to uh, pay and watch it online. Yeah, which, not going to lie, we're doing it. Yeah. I, I. It's about the same price as going to see a movie, but by golly, I'll... I'll pay the price so I can watch it because I'm ready. Well, when you like a show this much, and there's honestly not that much. We haven't looked up to see how much merchandise there is around this show, but I would totally. Come on. That's a that's a, a draw, drop in the bucket to support them. It's a beautiful show. I want nothing more than to continue seeing it grow. We've got so many characters that come in and there's so many awesome moments that like just we were in we were in it to win it after just like two episodes. Yeah. This was another one that we binged in two sessions. Yeah. It's it's easy to do when it's 13 episodes. Keep it going, um, studios. Keep it at the 13. I'll get it done in two days. And we used to think, and I think I even remember saying it in a previous episode about how we all, we love the 13 episode ones, but it's also bad because when we know it's only that, we end up elongating it too long. No, we have flipped a switch and now it's 13 episodes. You know, we'll watch it. It's like we get to episode five. Well, there's only a couple more left. Why don't <laughs> we keep it going? So this, gosh, I already kind of want to rewatch it. Oh, I already told it to you. Looking at info for today, I want to rewatch it. And we just finished it two days ago. <laughs> yeah. So this one definitely struck a chord with us. And frankly, it's already at my, the top of my recommendation list for any of our multiple friends who come to us for, for the recommendations. So this one's, I'm, I'm going to be preaching this one for a couple of weeks for sure. Do we want to go more into the story? Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk some moments. Let's get, let's walk through it a little bit. Okay. So as we, when you watch the show, our girl Rico and Reg, they descend down into obviously the first layer. They know that they're pretty pressed for time because as you already mentioned, I think a lot of the red whistles, but not even that, the purple whistles, which is what leader is, is who's going to come and get them. And the leader actually slips a message into their backpack and they see it the first day and he he writes, I'm coming for you. Yeah, that was pretty (laughs) sweet because they thought, and that's the thing is because they're 12. They think that, oh, we're so sneaky. We're getting out of here, whatever. No, just like a number 12. The adults are on to you. And he leaves that sweet note saying, well, you've got until dawn of tomorrow because that's when I'm coming to get you. The first layer is just chump change with Reg and his little extendo arms. You can tell that it's like, 
you almost get this sense of, wow, this this shouldn't be too bad of an adventure if they're kind of cruising. And it really isn't. I mean, they get through level one pretty easy, mm-hmm. level two, and most of level three, which I think three might be where the inverted forest is, which is so cool. Yeah, the environment design, beautiful. Just And they can do weird things that mess with physics because this whole chasm in general, like this big deep hole, is a miracle left and right because of one, the weird characters, all the different things going on. But they get down in a couple layers and we're like, why are they seeing the sky and how is there light down here? Yeah. So you ask the question of, you know, you see it from above bird's eye view of the chasm and it's pitch black. And then they're in each layer and there's sunlight, there's light surrounding them. And I asked Tom, I said, how the heck is it dark from above and there's light below? And actually, right when you ask that question, they a- they answer the question for you. You ask the question. What do you mean me ask the question? Oh, I just mean like you, like use people. Like, oh, use yeah. people. Because everyone who watches this show should have that question in their head. How is there light when? Exactly. So they end up describing how there are these force fields that protect the secrets basically so you can't view it from outside Mm -hmm. the chasm and that light from the outside is reflected down so and like the atmospheres so they they explain it and it makes sense so in a roundabout way that you still don't you're never going to understand the you know physics of it or anything but there is also that's kind of what then I think they say is the reason for the sickness coming up is because you're kind of breaking through veils as you're going upward. Yes. So going back to that sickness thing, we it's not long before you get the first she basically to escape this one section has to kind of go up a little bit before continuing to go downwards. And just in that little walk up, which rag is out like a light because he used his blaster and he tells her, hey, I'm going to need to nap for a couple hours here. So just stay right here. What does she do? They're in a nice. Instantly walks. They're in a nice, safe, like hole. It's perfect. Yeah. No one's coming to get you. It's totally fine. And we were so annoyed the whole episode because she's like, okay, well, I'm just going to pull Reg's arms out and I'm just going to drag them through. She gets in the worst situations. Reg can't do. And she's, she's helpless. Her. And what I love about their relationship together on, and going on this journey is his weaknesses are her strengths and her weaknesses are his strengths. So he's obviously very strong and can protect her while she's very weak. He gets really scared easily and doesn't have a lot of confidence. And she balances that out to give him that confidence. So not good that she is going around this whole layer that they don't even know about and he is mia yeah was this uh this was after that creepy thing mimicked the guy screaming for help right yeah i think that was layer two yeah that was such a good moment because that's when the show started turning from oh it's kind of cutesy kind of cutesy this thing starts just slowly but surely devolve like dissolving into more of a darker show and it's a very nice pace that it does it's pretty slow and they still shock you with a couple things but they hear this person screaming for help and it was actually one of these winged creatures down there was mimicking that to get them into the nest which caused trouble he had to use his cannon and then as you know he sleeps and then she's dragging him around like some rag doll yeah i just want to describe it in more detail how terrifying it is 
this creature, like a parrot, will listen to what whatever it's killing. It will listen to the noises it's making. So in this instance, they're hearing help me. Mm-hmm. So they know it's a human. And as they're getting closer, the audio of the help me changes to more of like a raspy where you can tell it's not human. And then the thing turns and it, you see the person on the ground. It's got this huge hole in his chest and bugs are kind of like on it and flying out. And then you realize, holy heck, this thing, this person has been dead a long time. And then you just realize how terrifying it is. And he knows he sees them there. And then like five of its buddies come out. Yeah, the moment it turns and says, help me to them, and then, yeah, it slightly changed, as you mentioned, that was so good, because that's something that, there was a League of Legends trailer where Fiddlesticks, I think I showed you that one, the Fiddlesticks, this guy's running into the forest, and he's hearing, help me, help me, and then you, it, he's in the forest, he's looking around, and you hear a scream of, help me again, and you see Fiddlesticks just slowly stopping to move. It's a good effect, and it gets me every time, like, that's some creepy stuff, but... It's that false sense of security. It's so, well, terrifying. And fiddlesticks, the re the redo of his aesthetic is superb. Now it's much better. Anyways, no, we're not here to talk about League of Legends. No one likes League of Legends, right, Danielle? No. Hates it. No, I don't mind it. It's yeah, you know. I get you. It's less time it was the, for me and you to be watching anime if I'm playing League of so Legends. So true. And I don't like the, um, what do you call it when the people are mean to you in the chat? Oh, the toxicity. Because yeah. of course, if you know League of Legends, which I'm sure many of you do, uh, which lane do I play? You were playing ADC. Yeah, which don't know why you have a noob playing League of Legends be ADC. I feel like that's the most pressure on anyone <laughs> depends on the season you did well everyone on our team was saying you did well you just i know it was when you and i went to different games i think oh and all the other people yeah the internet people suck it's a broken record we already know that anyways this made an abyss show though yeah right <laughs> so they're just making their way we don't need to go through every layer that but this in the inverted forest was cool and the big thing with finally getting down to that layer is they go to that. Because they're looking for the... Um, the the lookout. Yes. Which is where Ozen the... Oh, she's got a nickname. It's like Ozen the, the immovable, immovable or indestructible, something like something that. Something like that. And in a world where everyone is pretty... In a world. In a, <laughs> in a world where like these people are all kind of short. Again, this whole look. She's massive. She's six foot something. And she's taking names. She's tall and she's really cool. A ruthless too. I mean, she's beating the crap out of Reg at one point. And she's a tough love kind of person. She's pretty brutal. She's the first to really kind of be super truthful to these kids, which it's a good thing. And it's a bad thing. If she wasn't this hard on them, I mean, they're going down into the abyss. You need to. Well, she says to them in the beginning before she starts attacking Reg and puts them through their 10-day forest trial, she tells to them, I hate deceiving children. So you think, well, that we we kind of have our guard up when we first meet her because we were told in the beginning, um, or it was hinted to us 
that they shouldn't trust her when they meet her. Yeah, they someone says that right at the beginning. So yeah. we already have our guard up. She says that and we don't know if she is going to deceive them and she's saying that or if she really means it. And we found out she really does mean it. And at the end, when she does divulge secrets that only white whistles know so they can try and advance and not get killed because essentially this is a suicide mission for them too. Yeah, anyone who they come in contact with, it's kind of this weird vibe, which as they're talking to it, you can, there's always a sense of, okay, well, this is the last time I want to tell you. There's a, the apprentice of Ozen, Maruk, or Maru, we'll call her, cutie, little blue haired girl, and she's very young. And it's the first time she's kind of talking with other people her age. And it's so cute because she's like, oh, let's talk. Let's hang out. And they're like, listen, we got to go. Not being rude, just got things. I don't know how long my mom might be waiting at the bottom of this hole. And she's instantly upset because she's like, well, I've seen a lot of people come here and then they and, leave and then they're dead. So Yeah. And that's the last time she sees them. Brutal world. And that's what I, I really like. It's, it's gritty, but cute at the same time. It's such a weird vibe i love it blah blah they end up getting tested but this is also where we find out another pivotal fact about uh rico here yep you know she was actually well we didn't even talk about that yet she's born in the abyss and was actually carried up by ozen and her mother liza here's the problem you don't find out until ozen is just going spitting facts you find out she was born dead she was still born yeah and you're like, oh, okay, well then how, well, this thing that they were carrying her up in, it's this big, heavy artifact. You kind of find out that it brings things back to life. Like Ozen had put a piece of meat in there and it created this weird creature that came out of this nasty thing, but it dies soon after. So it's like, how the heck is Rico still alive? And that's kind of what Ozen's getting at. She's like, well, it's only a matter of time before you die, just so you know. Yeah, she was very brutal about it but honest because no one had told her that before yeah and i I mean even if she was meaning to or not that's a good way to get her listen you're gonna die at some point get in that hole and find your mom is kind of how i mean yeah don't waste any time up here and start living your life by making that journey that you've always wanted to make yeah and oh man of course, it's the nature of the show as they keep going down. My gosh, the creatures get scarier and scarier. There's weird things and we can just get right down to it. One of my favorite characters who she was in the credits. I wanted her around from episode three. I'm like, where is this girl? Who looks like a bunny. Who is like a bunny. Nanachi. Oh my gosh, when she finally shows, I'm like, yes, this is it. And she shows up at a pivotal time because our girl Rico, this is the most, well, one of two instances that it's like, this is the gnarliest show I've ever seen. (laughs) That's exaggeration, not the gnarliest, but. It was pretty scary. It was scary. They get attacked by this creature and they're in a pretty far, what is that layer? I'm not even getting into the layers. We're going to be wrong and I don't need any of you guys poking any fun. But they're down and there's this creature. They're to the point where these creatures can like tell the future. So like they're trying to get away. This thing knows exactly where they're going to go. Well, it ends up spiking right through Rico's hand. And this thing's got poison. So the only way to escape is Reg's like, well, we got to go up. Well, at this layer, not good. And it's 30 meters because it's pretty high up. And he puts her down. He's 
trying to get the poison to not spread through her body. So he's got her kind of arm tied off, maybe at the elbow. And she is starting to get a little delirious. And then you see blood because we have heard previously that when you get to a certain layer, when you go up, blood comes out of every orifice of your body. So it's coming out of her mouth. Her eyes are like getting all red and bloodshot and, starts, and the ears. Oh, yeah. And the sound effects in that part, it's like gooey and and like good on the voice actors here. There, that sounded like pure panic. And that was one, that was a devastating moment. I was like, what is going to, I, I didn't know how she was going to survive. And obviously Reg, because he's not human, he doesn't understand what he needs to do. And he's trying to ask Riku because obviously throughout their whole journey, when they come across something, she has the answers because she's studied so much. She's fascinated by the abyss. She really knows her stuff. So she even told him when the monster approached, she said, we can't get spiked by his quills because they're like deadly poison. So he already knows that this is not good, but because she's already succumbing to the poison, she can't tell him what to do. So he is essentially handcuffed. Yeah. Her, her final thing is basically cut my arm off, (laughs) break my arm and then cut it off. So he does end up breaking her arm again. The sound designers. mm, ah, Beautiful. That was really an Italian to... hand kiss, by the way. <laughs> and he's freaking out. And then finally, like, he's trying to cut her arm off. And then he just You don't breaks. see it, but you hear it. And yeah. oof, it's bad. He breaks down. It's like a pure panic sob. And, like, that hit me to the core. I'm like, that sounds so real. It's actually bothering me. And then. And he realizes she's not breathing. Oh, my gosh. So she starts he's, turning white. Yeah, no. he's just kind of crunched over her. And then we see our girl. Walking up. Here she is, Nanachi, my my bunny girl, who she almost kind of looks like a bunny mixed with a turtle with whatever yeah. she's wearing. <laughs> she looked huge, but ends up just being kind of whatever she's wearing. And she's pretty matter of fact. I love dry humor. She's a cutie. And she's like, well, let's uh let's get this figured out. And she's helping all the way, gets her kind of stabilized, ends up kind of telling them, uh, yeah, you didn't need to break and try and cut off her arm because we could have just gotten this poison out. Well, she was a little late to the party. She was a little late, but she was watching the whole time, which is even more brutal. Reg's like, wait, you just watched that whole deal. She's like, yeah, wasn't really going to get involved, but you were so pathetic that I had to get involved. And we find out later that the only reason why she came out was because what she has had to deal with it. She empathized so much with them and wanted to help them. Yeah. So this point, she knows the names, all this stuff takes uh, both gets gets Rico stabilized and then gets them started heading back to her little hut, which was so Ghibli esque. It was such a cute little area. You can just feel that world makes so much sense. That as you're exploring, you're like, yeah, of course, of course, she's living in that green ball in that cave. I called it the moss moss ball, the moss ball area. This would make like this just this environment would be so cool in an RPG or something like that. Yeah. Make it happen. And someone out there, please. I'm just surprised that such an environment that she lives in exists so close to those um, kind of water pools. It didn't even seem like it was of the same area. Well, a lot of the weird stuff, like, so there's a direct center of this abyss, this chasm. And then as you get further and further away from it towards the edges, the actual, the effects, the curse is a little bit lessened. 
and just things are a little bit more tame away from the center. They things get more hostile in the center and all that stuff, which basically just anything that would be further from the quickest way to go up is going to be your calmer areas. And that's where they should chill out. And I think that's where her thing is. Now we just think, Oh, she's going to be a little character that'll help them progress. Well, no, we start getting into her backstory. backstory and then boom, another devastating, like the blood pouring out of Rico and that brute, her arm getting huge at the tourniquet. It was a pretty brutal touche. That seems crazy. Then we start meeting Nanachi's little friend, Mitty. Yeah. Now, the first time you meet Mitty. Uh, oh, my gosh. What the heck is this thing is what I said. Yeah. <laughs> Terrifying. I, I think we literally just paused. And we're like, oh, my. It's a human. Hide your children. Slug. Like, this is where, you know what? We're not even trying to be cute anymore. It's like this just sack of flesh makes kind of cute noises, I guess. Can't talk. Is just a weird, crazy character. Now, she sends him, she sends Reg to go get some stuff, which ends up being funny because he only <laughs> needed one thing to actually help Rico. The rest was all ingredients for her food. And he's like, whoa, what the heck's that about? She's like, listen, you want me to pass out while I'm helping her out? No, this is for my food. What are you doing? <laughs> Cooking up all that stuff. It tastes like absolute garbage. Reg, he doesn't have any other choices. Got to eat that slop. Yeah, because uh, Rico's the cook. Yeah, Rico's the cook. And man. Some of the uh, creature meat that she was cooking up, that would have been the move. I think uh, Reg was in paradise for a couple of times during some cooking sessions. I always wonder, I'm like, well, she's cooking, though. Is that smell going to attract something, especially in the abyss? I don't know if I would be caught And the dead. fires, you know, lighting a fire in the middle of a dark forest. Didn't really ever know if that was recommended, but. Hey, you know what? When you're 12, you're 12. They're doing great so far. They're still on their way. So, you know what, go ahead and take us through what the heck is Mitty? Sure. So we find out about Nana Chi that she lived in a village and was basically, an, she was an orphan living in this, not, not what looks like on the same realm of existence that we see Rico comes from because it's snowy and desolate. I don't know where that location is. Yeah, I'm sure the manga maybe talks a little bit about that, but we didn't really. And so a white whistle ends up showing up and she has this. So I'm sorry, backing up a little bit more. Skirt. <laughs> sorry. She has no friends. Poor thing. And she has this book that she's reading and it has kind of like runes in it, teaches herself how to read. And she's fascinated by the abyss. And which at this point, what we should add is she's not a bunny girl. She's just a human girl. She at this is. Point. She's a human. and. We find out that all of these kids are being gathered because a white whistle has came. Bondrude. Bondrude. Yeah. Has come and asked what children there want to travel and explore the abyss with him and that him and his people will be their protectors. And they they just are invited to come. Mm -hmm. No strings attached, supposedly. So because of her fascination with the abyss she ends up going and meets Mitty. yeah and they become fast friends she's a little cutie too she is a spitfire like not that she's very shy she just keeps herself and then this Mitty girl is like well we're friends now so welcome and then they kind of become i wouldn't say inseparable but you can tell just out of the huge group of kids in this massive elevator that's kind of just bondrude like 
to have that elevator system to keep bringing them down. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. They, yeah. So they become friends and they become friends and they are just, all of these kids are put into this room and they don't every once in a while kids are called out of the room for some reason we don't know. And they never come back. Eerie. Yeah. So we got <laughs> setting know. the scene up for you. <laughs> and lo and behold, um, Nanachi and Midi are the last two left. Of and course. Main characters are always the last two in the room. I know, right? And so Midi is finally called. And after a while, Nanachi gets a little curious and leaves this room that she's left in mm-hmm. and stumbles across Midi in this tube we find out is an elevator and the white whistle. I'm sorry, I'm not going to reference his name. Bondrude. Bondrude. I'm never going to remember. That's fine. He is just going to be a pivotal character in the movie coming up. But. And uh, so, you know, she obviously sees that Mitty's in this container. She's found out. She's put into the other side and said, oh, great. We're going to do this experiment on both of you. Yeah. He essentially just says nothing's working here. And they're so deep in the abyss that this is actually where if you start going up from here, it is it, you're past the bleeding through all this stuff. You're doing all this. It is then something where it's like your humanity is lost as you're going upwards. So you're like, what the hell does that even mean? It's clearly not working for any of the children. It's down to these two. And so his experiment here is like, well, if you two are such if, good friends, then. Well, what- and what they do is. um. He explains that a filter on whatever this system that they're in this elevator, he's making it where the curse will only go to Midi. Mm-hmm. So Namachi will not, Nanachi will not get any of the curse. And so basically he's kind of putting this on Midi of like, you want to save your friend. He's putting an ultimatum in there and that might fluctuate the results or whatever. And then, boom, hits the button, and they are cruising upward, these poor kids, because Mitty knows exactly what's happening. And if she, of course, wants to save her friend. Now, this is also so brutal, because now that she has it, they're glass tubes. They can see everything going on. And, my gosh, Mitty starts bleeding from everywhere, and she starts kind of morphing and nasty, and she turns into Like, her this. eyes are bulging, and it's painful, and she's just screaming. And she, at one point, she says, kill me. Yeah. And you, oh, my Gosh, this, this and the other time, like, cause they're like kids. Oh my gosh. These are some devastating scenes, but very impactful, very memorable. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. And, uh, moral of the story is it was that elevation change, which changed Mitty. But all that happened to Nanachi is that's when in that tube, she, she starts developing part. She just, well, not even dying, but she didn't get the disfigured part. Well, no, she got this figure. What am I even talking about? She basically just turned into this non-human bunny thing. Yeah, they call them something. Um, oh, um, echoes? They had Echoes because a- she's lost her humanity or something like that. She's an echo of what once was a person or something. Uh, they say it in a certain way. But one night she's like, you know what? Take it, take it or leave it. Uh, Mitty, we're out of here because... Well, we find out that they were experimenting on her. And That's they, right. There was like, you know, when you watch those compression videos, like that metal, what is that called? They'll put like a gumball or a 
bowling ball in there and oh, it'll the hydraulic press thing. Yeah. So they were putting her under the hydraulic press to see what would happen and she wouldn't die. And even though she doesn't have speech and can't communicate, um, Nanachi would see that she'd be crying. So she'd be feeling all this pain while undergoing these brutal and disturbing tests and yeah, you end up finding out she's legit immortal she cannot die she can feel every pain of whatever you're killing well trying to kill her with and that she's like nah not today dog that's my friend let's get out of here homie and they escape together now that's how they're living together where they are and you then get this not feeling to kind of spell it out for you not that she her mission is in the tube when Mitty was saying kill me she wants to let her friend rest and not live this hell because Mitty doesn't even eat. She doesn't she doesn't need anything to sustain her life. And as we've seen with Rag and Rico, how Rag has been on the verge of losing her multiple times because of how fragile she is, A, being a human and a girl and weak and he needs to protect her. Rag is terrified with losing Rico and being alone. Because obviously he doesn't know anything with his memory loss. On the other side of the coin, Nanachi is terrified of leaving Mitty because Mitty, being immortal, doesn't want to leave her to fend for her, not even being able to fend for herself, but anything can attack her and she'll mm-hmm. never be able to be protected. Well, and that's what you can tell exactly why. You know what? Nanachi is going to be a very good character that will, of course, go with their main characters because of those parallels. Now, Given what we know about the show, and we might have a certain person with a absolute incinerating blast of a cannon from his hand. Which Nanachi finally sees because when he's attacked, so Reg um, goes back to defeat that porcupine guy, but he ends up unleashing his cannon blast on that thing. And after seeing that Nanachi gets this look on her face... And she knows this is going to be the guy to put Mitty to rest and just totally obliterate her. Yep, do the old lassie. Take Mitty out back. Awful. She had all of her (laughs) stuffed animals. I know. They did it in such a way that you, oh my gosh. The writers. I love it. Not in a good way because I felt awful in the moment, but like, wow. So Mitty ends up getting um, put to rest. Which was, and there was a secondary moment where like he's getting ready to shoot the cannon and then Nanachi breaks down, goes up to her. Oh my gosh, no, you know, like, I'll never leave you. I don't know, it was kind of like this almost Titanic moment where you thought, oh, okay, so she doesn't want her to. But no, it was kind of this last confession of feelings, all this stuff, I'll always be with you. I think it's more of, yeah, that Jack, I'll never let go, proceeds to let go. This is the Mitty, I'll always be with you. Take her out. And I'll be with you soon. So I think she knows that once her mission with Reg and Rico is done, she's going to find a way out. Absolutely. And Reg made sure, and he saw that early on. He he even had to make a deal with Nanachi. He's like, hey, if I do this, you're sticking around. You're not killing yourself. Just so just so we're clear. 12-year-olds, they have that much, uh, you know. Uh, foresight. Uh, foresight and see into that. This, is, these are, this abyss changes people, if I had to guess. And even though this is completely out of left field, but another aspect with this uh, abyss is also like this weird time shift. So you never know how much time has passed at the top versus down there. So that might come into play later. Anyways, he ends up taking out Mitty. That's the most (laughs) ridiculous way of putting it. He puts her to rest. That's how we'll put it because Mitty's a little sweetie. And then Mitty 
kind of right before that too had climbed on top of Rico and kind of did this weird mind melting and they dream like it was weird, but kind of brought Rico back out of her little uh, passed outness. Yeah, because what seems like a couple days, Rico has been trying to heal. Um, Nanachi ended up putting these mushrooms that we saw earlier on her arm to draw out that poison. And she actually said it would help heal the bones. She won't ever be the same because <laughs> Regu did a number on her nerves. But um, <laughs> yeah, he kind of was. He was acting away like he's some type of robotic 12 year old or something. Yeah. It was funny when Nanachi was looking at her exposed arm and going to start setting the bone and reconnecting some of the nerve endings. She's like, now these little white things are nerves and you've done a doozy on them. Basically, <laughs> yeah, she, <is. laughs> She's so upfront about so, it. So um, she ends up, Rico finally waking up after Mitty has been put to rest and asks, oh, was there a third person here, which just really drives the night into your gut? Because it's right after the deed's been done. She's like, oh, yeah, and the other girl. And it's like, oh, so we go subtlety, please, you animal. <laughs> so we find out that in the moments when Mitty was kind of on top of her, um, which at points I was like, hey, is she going to eat her <laughs> when we find yeah, then we find right. out she doesn't eat. But Mitty actually does this like weird mind melting thing with Rico because in her own mind, Rico is scared, doesn't know what's happening. And then there's this weird like eyeball that kind of shows up, which is Mitty's eye. And they kind of Rico is being comforted by Mitty. But at the same time, Rico is seeing that whoever has this eye is also suffering. So they kind of bond mutually over, yeah. bond and comfort each other with the situations that they're in and yeah, that's crazy and Rico said that Mitty really was a comfort to her didn't know who the girl was or her name but just that she was there and she felt comforted and it was just so sad sweet moments very very well done I and again this is one of those instances where like man I'd really like to check out the manga but we're too busy ripping through these shows Someday, someday I will. I give a lot of credit to people who can read the manga, keep up with it, and then watch the anime. I barely have time. Oh my gosh, some of these people in here, so, I give so much credit. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm up to date with that and up to date with that. I'm like, dude, we're it's a 2017 show. But again, perfect timing due to the movie. So after that, it's implied that uh, all three of them, so our main two and Nanachi are going to continue going downwards towards the fifth layer, which is called the sea of corpses. How inviting come on down. Uh, and that's where the show ends. And that's when we were like, Oh, the movies so disappointed. But then as of today, I didn't even know that the third movie was even in the zone of happening, but yes, it will be, uh, we, we, we wanted to kind of wait and watch that and maybe include that into the podcast, but we're going to do a bonus episode talking about the third movie, which is Maiden Abyss, Dawn of the Deep Soul, which is movie three. Now, this one's going to go more into Bond Rude and why he's doing these such inhumane, like why testing on kids, the psychopath, this guy. I already have after just watching one trailer. I think I'm kind of getting why uh, he has this daughter who's a uh, Prushka. 
I'm assuming, and again, this is just a hot take. This can be completely wrong, and I'll, I will admit it when we talk about the movie, once we've watched it. I think he's doing all this because his kid is now this deep in the abyss, and he wants to figure out, because he cares so much about her, how to get her up to safety, and that's why he's testing on all these other people. You almost have this weird parenting thing of he's willing to do whatever he wants for his daughter. Now, that's just what's in my head. That's not truth. Don't take that for what it is until we actually watch the movie. What do you th- what do you think? Oh, um, I could see that. I my biggest concern is I really don't want to wait for a fourth movie to figure out when they reach the bottom, because I feel like this movie is only going to revolve around that. Yeah, this is just a certain arc from what I've seen. So, hey, I will take anything extra with this show right now, because I'm really interested to see what is up with Greg. Interested and invested. Yeah. I'm, I'm in it to win it. I'm actually, I don't have an, uh, desire to read a lot of manga, but as I mentioned before, I'm trying to read, say, I love you because I've wanted to read a little bit more into that. This is one I might consider. Absolutely. I might even consider it. And I don't, I don't read. (laughs) Went to art school for a reason. I don't want no textbooks. Again, a highly recommended, and I always recommend it afterwards after we've just talked the entire show, spoiled everything. So we can only continue to say that hopefully the beginning urged you to watch it. If you didn't and you still listen to all this, come on, you have to see some of these scenes. It's plain and simple. Yeah, the rest of the show will fill in all the gaps that we left out because obviously this is already a, a very long episode to begin with. But there's a lot of details that we don't talk about that really add to the story. True. And actually, here you go. We found the first two movies to be useless, but you don't feel like watching the entire show. Watch movie one and two. You can just get the entire series in two movies. Yeah. And then you don't have to click next episode. Skip the intros. I wish I knew that. Oh, I know. We could have just watched that. Oh, pitiful. And let me just, uh, oh, oh, sorry. I I was starting an intro, but then I realized I wasn't taking into account that you want to say something now. Can you please say something? I just want to reiterate about the movie. It's so supposedly the viewing that I read on that website is the 18th, September 18th. Of 2020. Yes. Now, if you buy a ticket, I think I read on a website that you have seven days from purchasing the ticket to watch it. And then- Once you pick that day, you have 24 hours to watch that movie. So you don't have to watch it on the 18th, but I think you do have to buy your tickets possibly before or around then to have that window to watch it. Just throwing it out there. We're planning to put this episode out on the 14th. So you'll have a week to look at the link. If the link is somehow broken, we can try and keep an eye on that. But it's supposed to be the 18th is the virtual viewing for the Western peoples living out here. That's it. Peoples out here. We can't thank you enough for continuing to listen, especially if you've made it to this point in this long episode talking about this wonderful show. We specifically, of course, also want to do a huge shout out to our mothers. Okay. You can't get anyone sweeter than our two moms because they actually listen to this podcast. Do they know what we're talking about? No. And they tell us that, but it's so sweet that they listen. And they listen anyways. So moms, thank you. We love you. And anyone else want, uh, listening, 
thank you so much. We've had awesome interactions on Instagram. And uh, we hope that we can continue getting better and more content, more content. So guys have a great rest of your day and I'm done. So I'm, I'm out of here. Danielle, tell them goodbye. Bye guys.